Morning, church. It's okay, bro. I got this. Yes. Thank you. Well, good morning. My name is Armon. Armon, 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 Armon. I am one of the leaders of the church. Welcome to Life in the Sun. If you're visiting with us for the very first time, hope that experience with worship earlier already, uh, you already have a touch of God. That was just sweet. That's really what we, that's what we live for, right? So we live for to be in the presence of God and to be ministered by God and to be touched by God. That is the cheap end of man is to really to be in the presence of God and then to enjoy that presence of God. Amen. That's not our message for today. Our message is uh, cross-check. We are now on week three. If uh, the ushers are done, go ahead. And if you're looking for a chair, I think we got a lot of chairs. I see a lot of people standing up. Go ahead and find a chair. But anyway, we are on week three of our series, cross-check. Uh, I like how uh, uh, Brother Lawrence says, when, when you hear the word cross-check, he says, think of a hockey, you know, cross-check. I, I don't play hockey, I play uh, basketball. I guess for us, it's uh, boxing out. When we box out our, <laughs> when we're fighting for a rebound, we box out. But really, it's about really, uh, checking our hearts about following Christ. That, that I, at least for me, that's a, my personal uh, uh, take on this, it's uh, checking our hearts when it comes to following Jesus. Amen. Amen. So let's just go ahead and pray one more time. I, I know we've been praying. I just sense uh, one more prayer will do. Father, in the name of Jesus, be with us today. Remove any hindrance. Remove any distract, uh, distraction. Remove anything that would stop us from receiving from you today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Out the door, in Jesus' name. Anyway, let's just go ahead and jump in. We got, um, we got about 30 minutes uh, so I can get you to lunch before 11. So we're in week three, and today we're going to be talking about uh, path to greatness, okay? And our text for today is coming from Matthew chapter 20 all the way to 28. So let's begin with uh, four of them. It says here, and out of the way, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, him here is Jesus, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared for my father. Let's stop there. Let's do a verse by verse over here. To sit, let, let, that, that phrase, or this, this is a, one of, a, I find this kind of a interesting or rather strange that a mother of one of the disciples would actually come to Jesus and make a request. Like, wow, a mother comes to Jesus and makes a request. Like, uh, I don't know, it's like, uh, it's like you being at work, because they're already a disciple. They're on the job training. And then your mom goes to your manager and say, oh, please, can you, <laughs> can you favor my son? Can, can you make him one of your supervisors? That's how it looks like. A mother going to your manager or to, to your employer and saying, can you please make my son one of your supervisors? That's how it looks like, okay? But then again, if you really look at it, 
it's uh, say that these two sons of mine are to sit at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. But what that phrase really means is it's to be placed in a special seat of honor. That's what they were asking for. A few verses before this, Jesus already told the 12 that in the time when the Son of Man is in the time of regeneration, when the Son of Man, uh, in, in the time of regeneration, all of you, all 12 of you will sit in the throne and you will be judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus already told them that, that they, in the, in the, in the times of regeneration, in the, when Jesus comes into the kingdom, each of them will sit in a throne and they will be judging their own tribe. But what they're really wanting was that, Lord Jesus, can we be the closest to you? That's what they were asking for. That was the request. Okay? And this is really something that our culture knows. Because uh, <laughs> uh, we know this. This is a, a, an Asian culture. I think it's not just Asian. It's even, in, uh, I think, everywhere. We try to get favors from people that we know in the workplace. Right? I, we know this, especially for Guam. But Drinos, we call it uh, in, in Philippines, Pare. Primo, well, how do you say it here? Pari, right? My prim, a prim, you know. A prim, you know, my son is going to be uh, working. Can you uh, get him a place at least? Get him uh, the apprenticeship? I work for GPA, I know that. It happens. <laughs> it happens, hey. But of course, I have a biggest backer of all. I got the God, the God of the universe, okay? <laughs> but that's what this too was asking for. They were asking for the closest seat to Jesus, the highest place of honor. That's what they were asking for. And of course, Jesus said, are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And without hesitation, they said, we are able. Again, a few verses earlier than this, Jesus told them what's about to happen. I am about to be betrayed to the Gentiles. I am about to go through pain. I'm about to go to de- uh, I am about to be degraded. I am about to be crucified. That's what's about to happen to me. That's the cup. That's the fate that I have that's going to happen to me. You really think that you can do that? And they said, with no hesitation, they said, we are able. We are able. Really, it's like, really? Honestly, I don't think I can, okay? I really thank God that he went to the cross and not me. Uh, I mean, that, that is uh, just thinking about it. In fact, I didn't even watch The Passion of the Christ because I could not even, I didn't want to watch it, okay? So that's what they said, we are able. And then he said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and, the, and my left hand is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. So this is that background of that request. That when your mom goes to your employer and asks, can my son be one of your supervisors you know now let's go and move on to the next slide let's continue the story so the story or the passage continues and and this is what uh, happened next verse 24 and when the 10 heard it they were indignant at the two brothers like how could you say that how dare you say that we had that in our minds even before you did we wanted that how could you do that James, how can you do that, John? See, that, that's really their heart. It's not that, oh, how, how can you such have a, how, how could you? No, it's like, 
how could you? I'm jealous. That's what they were. That, that's how they were feeling. It's like how could they beat us to it? That's really what they were thinking about. So, so from these verses, it's almost obvious that they kind of understand what they were asking for, or rather, they have an idea. Then going on in verse 25, it says, "But Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the you know that the rulers of the Gentiles." Lord it, Lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Somehow they have an idea of what this looks like. They've been living in a land where they see the emperors. So they kind of understand. I believe they have an understanding that that's what it looks like. That those who become great will have a position of authority over people who are lesser. Okay. I, I think they have an understanding. But what Jesus, what, what they did not have an understanding of is how it works in the kingdom of God. And this is where the cross check happens. It says, um, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. That's what Jesus said. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Then be a servant. You want to be first among, you want to be first? Then be, your, be a slave to everybody. That's how the kingdom of God is. In the, the power economy of the kingdom of God, you've, you've heard this before. The kingdom of God compared to the kingdom of man is an upside down kingdom. And here's one example of that. You want to be first, be the last. You want to be great, be small. You want to be, you, you want to have more, have less. That's how it is. Okay? That's how it is. Now, last week, Pastor Mark talked about, what? Hard truths, right? How he told the story of the followers of Jesus when they heard the, the, the sayings of Jesus. They said, wow, this is a hard saying. Who can, what? Who can understand this? Who can take this? Now, let's look at this. If, okay, I'm saying if, I-F, uh, let me write it down, big I-F, big if. If, the message of Christianity is only this, okay, if. If this is the only message of Christianity, if this is the gospel, that you want to be great in the kingdom of God, be a servant, you want to be first, then be a slave, then just like those people that heard the message of Jesus, I'll probably be one of them that would walk away, Okay. I would not be here. And I'm saying that as if, okay? If this was the only message of Christianity, then I would be one, like last week's message, I will walk out. Because this is a difficult saying. Would you agree? This is a very difficult saying. For you to be a servant, to, for you to be a slave, let me read to you a story. This is a familiar story. So you want to be great in the kingdom of God? Okay, do this. Okay, where's my story? Luke. Sorry. I was not able to include this in the PowerPoint. So let me just read this. This is a familiar story for some of us. If you've, uh, it's about the story of Martha and Mary. So it's coming from Luke chapter 10. Verse 38. Let me just read it to you. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. 
This is Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. If there was a favorite uh, people of Jesus in his days, this was them. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And today, the Jesus favorite is my wife. Okay? <laughs> if, you've, if, you, if you talk to her, she would always say, I'm Jesus' favorite. And that's why my claim is that I must be God, that I must be highly favored because I got Jesus' favorite. That's just how it works. Sorry, we, got, we beat you to it. But seriously speaking, if, if Jesus had a favorite, it would have been Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. So this is what happened. But, um, so Jesus came into her house, or rather she was invited over, uh, Martha invited her. In verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. With much serving. She was distra distracted with much serving. Martha was serving. It, isn't that what you do when you have a visitor in your house? As, uh, as the mother in the house, as the host, you what? You serve, isn't it? You get busy. Your life group leaders does this. Your host does this. So that when you come in, you can relax, eat their food, then leave later on, leave the house empty. That's what they do. So she was um, distracted with much serving, and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Do you, you want to be great in the kingdom of God? Says, be a servant. Be a slave. What's wrong with you, Martha? Didn't you hear Jesus? Be a servant. Yeah, hard, right? You know, in a way, our life looks like this. See the two animals, the two oxen? They're pulling a load, all of cement. Our life somehow revolves around like this. If you're a husband and a wife, you have responsibility over them. If you're a parent, you have children. Children's schooling, children's activities, soccer practice, basketball practice, uh, Xbox practice, whatever it is that they practice on. You know, you got to divide your time over that. Then you got work. You got deadlines at work. You got coworkers that you don't like. You got boss that you wish you could be transferred somewhere else. See, just load. You got so much load. And it really is. It's so much, bur it, it brings such a heaviness to you, doesn't it not? It is. That's just how sometimes how our life looks like. We're just pulling a load. And then you come to Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship where we say, our mission is to, what, honor God, make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. And that man up there said, you want to be great in the kingdom of God? Then be a servant. So I just added another block to your load. You know, the married life in itself, the very people that you love, oh my goodness, you cannot keep your hands off. You know, your wife, husband, you always want to be around them. Me and my wife, uh, uh, I had to ask permission if I can share this. Uh, we joke around, or at least I joke around. <laughs> for her, it's not a joke. I joke around of, uh, for her to make me coffee. I love drinking coffee. So every morning, every day, I say, oh, Richard, I know you really love me. You make coffee for me every day. And I, and I push that every day. You make coffee for me every day. And she goes, uh-huh, no, doesn't work. You go make your own coffee. <laughs> And I still do make my own coffee, but once in a while, she, she, she does it. My point is, sometimes even our loved ones, the ones that we love, 
it's already hard to serve them. Our spouses, it's, so hard. it's, it's already a difficulty to serve them. What more, you come to a church and they say, serve the non-believers, serve the poor, serve love, not just serve, love your enemies, you know? It's like your children has homework that you, and you're divided over how many people. And sometimes that's how our life looks like, a load after load after load. But thanks be to God that that's not the complete gospel, Amen. Now, let's bring up uh, verse 28 before people uh, walked away from the uh, church. <laughs> I can already see people. I think they want to leave already. <laughs> okay. Stay for a little more, a uh, few more minutes, okay? Jesus said this at the end of all of that. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yes, there is a part that we serve. But you got to first learn the why Jesus came. He came first to serve you. That's one of the reasons that he said, I come, or even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Many of us has this religious mentality that we must serve God. We must serve God. I need to serve God. I need to serve God. Some of us has that mentality. Yesterday, we were doing Money Life. So those of you who have finished Money Life, congratulations. And we'll probably do it again. And one of the verses that we were talking about last uh, yesterday is coming from First Chronicles 29, verse 11, 12. And some of our students actually memorized this verse. Let me read it to you. It says, yes, O Lord, is the greatness the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. It says here, yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted, exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you and you reign over all. In your hand is power. In your hand is to make, uh, is to make great and to give strength to all. And then verse after verse, we were coming across verses that, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. That God owns the cattle in a thousand hills, the beasts of the fields, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. Jesus has, or Jesus, God has a discretion to make one great or to put him down. That promotion comes from the Lord. All of that, that's what we were talking about. Acts 17, 25, sorry. That's what it says. Now, is he worshipped with man's hand? Can we really help God with our own hand? As though he needed anything, since he gives to all bread and all things. The point that these verses are saying is that God is self-sufficient. God is so full of abundance. God is full of power. Can you really give anything to God that does not belong to him first? Even the very uh, air that we breathe comes from him. There's really nothing that we can give to God that has already come from Him. All we're really doing is what? We're just returning it back to Him. Going back to the story of Martha and Mary, Martha was so distracted in serving Jesus. She had, uh, I was telling my wife, I think she was trying to make pork adobo. Yeah. But then she said, no, it cannot be because it's a Lent season. You cannot eat pork. No, I'm sorry, you can. Okay? 
But she was making whatever she was making, she was trying to serve Jesus. She was trying to make whatever it is that she was making. Now let me ask you this. What can you give the man who just fed 5,000? What can you give the man who just fed 3,000? What can you give the man who just said peace to the storm and it's, everything went quiet? We have a mentality that we have to serve God. No, church. God is most glorified when, he, when we allow him to first serve us. The man who has everything, the man that can dictate time and opportunity to happen in our life, he has everything in his hand. And he, uh, I, I read this from John Piper, he is most glorified when we allow him first to serve us. Because that's what, one of the reasons he came. He came not to be served, but to serve. Amen? Show him, uh, next slide please. Let's go back to that picture. I want to show you, uh, going back to, uh, not yet. This is, <clears throat> in the Old Testament, the Lord actually showed a beautiful illustration that he was never intended to be served. And it happens in the story of Samuel. In the book of Samuel, when Samuel was about to die, the people said, give us a king because we don't trust your sons. They're wicked. The prophets said, give us a king. And Samuel warned them, if I give you a king, then you have to pay tribute to the king then your sons and your daughters need to serve. They'll become servants of the king. But yet instead they said, no, give us a king, just like all the other nations around us. Let a king rule over us like the other nations. Because they were seeing the other nations, and there were kings. So what happened? They got a king. Because their eyes were so focused outside the other nation, they saw how the other nation had a king, and the king would rule over them. And it also saw how they would worship their God. And the way they worshiped their God was really to serve their God. In that same story, in the same uh, place of story, David, I don't know if you guys remember it. David made the mistake of how to bring the ark back. The ark was, uh, the, uh, uh, the, when David became king, he wanted the ark back to Jerusalem. So what did he do? It says he built a new cart. A cart. This one doesn't show a cart, but imagine it. Two bullocks, okay, or oxen uh, pulling a cart. So what did David do? David put the Ark of the Covenant on top of the cart. So the Ark on the cart, and they pulled it. When it hit the threshing floor, it says that the ox stumbled, and Uzzah extended out his hand to balance God. God, you might fall. Let me help you. What happened? God killed Uzzah. I got this many years ago. And, I, and, and probably you also wondered why. Why would God kill Uzzah? The thing is here, what David did was he followed the ways of the other nation. That's how the other nation would transport their God. You know what's another name for a load? It is called a burden. The picture that, what, that I saw that God was showing is, do not put me on a cart, David. Because when you put me on a cart, then I look like I'm a burden to you. God never intended that the people would see him as a burden. That's what it is. When God told Moses how to transport the ark, 
there was two ring, uh, four rings on each side, and a pole would slide in, and they would carry the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulder. The yoke, where's the yoke on those oxen? Right at the neck. And there were, uh, there, I believe there was at least four people minimum to carry it. God never intended, or God never intended for the people to see him as a burden. But yet, sometimes that's how we see God. God is such a burden. Coming to church is a burden. Oh, look, that man said, I must serve God. I must serve. No, church, God never intended for you to see him as a burden. That's why God said, don't put me on, an, don't put me on a cart, David. So finally, they, of course, the story goes that David finally learned because he read his Bible. Three months later, he did exactly what Moses, told, uh, Moses has done it. They carried God on their shoulder. Now, next verse, or next picture. And this is why we, I believe, we have this scripture. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God was telling them that, look, if you allow me to do it, it's much lighter. If you, live, if you allow me, I'm, I, uh, what is it? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what God is saying. God is really telling us that, look, I came to serve you. Now, does that mean we got nothing to do? Yes, we got something to do. We got assignments. We got calling. We got purposes. So how does that look? How does, how does allowing God to serve us first help us to serve others? See, we have assignments. Um, I think we have time. Go ahead and show them uh, John 6, 29. When Jesus said the work is finished, what was the work that he was talking about? This is the work that he was talking about. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Everything that Jesus did while he was on the earth was to show who he is so that people would believe who he is. Then he said, it is finished, right? It is finished. So if it's finished, what am I supposed to do? I'm not supposed to work anymore. It's finished. Well, no. Well, yes and no. Next verse. It says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. What was the work of Jesus? To make people believe that he was the one that was sent by the Father. That's the work he did, and he finished that work. If you believe then it says here that we will also do the same work. And what do we do? We're going to try. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to try. I say try, but really because if it's just us, we're going to try. Our work really is the same thing. To show people that the one that was sent by the Father is the one through God. Jesus. That really is. That's, that's the same thing that God calls us to do. To make, him, to, to make people believe that Jesus was sent from the Father. But how does that all look like? How does, it, uh, how does God serve us so that we can also serve others? You, that, that really is step one. Step one is you gotta learn and understand that Jesus first wants to serve you. Because if you don't allow that to happen, you'll be just trying to do it on your own. And look at Martha. What did Martha do? Lord, 
Do you not care? I've been serving in the kitchen. Tell my sister to help me. Burn out, out. Even before dinner was over, I think it was dinner. Even before dinner was over, Martha was already burnt out trying to serve Jesus. And I've heard stories of people trying, you know, in, in, the good, in their good heart, I want to serve God. I want to be part of a ministry. But yet they're burned out. I believe it's because we have not first learned to allow Jesus to serve us. We're already trying to serve. So how does it look? It looks this way. It comes or it, it, it looks in the way of the Holy Spirit gifts. The gifts from the Holy Spirit is free. You don't work for something that's free. I am here today speaking to you. Some of you know my story. I used to be at the back, uh, soundboard. That's, uh, that's what I like. But, but one day I complained to God and God said, well, what are you going to do about it? Okay, I'll, I'll be up there. Yeah, I, I but the thing is, the gifts that God has given me, what I, what I speak to you, of course, I just read the Bible. Most of the time, I just read the Bible. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that. <laughs> That's what I do most of the time. I just read the Bible. But there are certain gifts that God has given us. They're free. It, the way I receive it, it's just, it's just almost like a download to me. I, I read the scripture. Scriptures comes back. I, I get a, somehow an explanation to it. And then it becomes a service to others. Or it, it, it's my form of service. At the moment, this is my assignment to teach. If I try to do this on my own, if I were to remove God in the picture, this is, uh, I don't know if you would really want to listen to me. I do not have a, I do not hold a degree in theology. I do not have a PhD or a master's. I do not even have a bachelor's degree. I went to three colleges, never finished, never finished any one of them. I'm a skilled worker. God would use the what? God uses the lowly things of this world. See, it's an upside down kingdom. The first will be last. The lowly things of this world will do what? He will bring, he would exalt the, the humble things he will exalt. And the, those who, who exalt themselves, he will humble. But that's how he works. Yes, church, I know there is a part for us to serve. We got a lot of things to do. There's a lot of, uh, there's, there's things to do. There, you got a calling in your life. You have an assignment in your life. If you're a husband, that's your first assignment. If you're a wife, that's your first assignment. If you're a parent, that's your assignment, your family. If you're a business owner, besides for being a husband and a wife or a, or a husband, wife, father, you also have a responsibility, what, over your employee. How many families do you employ? Imagine that. That's a big responsibility. That's a big assignment. If you have 20, if you have 20 employees, you're not just looking at 20 employees. You're looking at 20 families. And that is a big assignment. That's a big responsibility. And if you try to do it on your own, you will be like Martha. Even before the supper was over, you're already telling Jesus, Jesus, how can you not tell the church to help me? I'm trying to do this as a ministry. Church, go back to uh, verse 20 again, please. 28, I mean. And we'll close. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Church, allow Jesus to serve you. This is probably something that 
kind of twist. I don't know. It's a, a, we were talking about this in the huddle. I said, I really don't know what, what the word to use for it. But church, it's there. God came so that he can serve us. He came so he can serve you. Don't carry the load on your own. Let's just go ahead and pray. Father, thank you. Some of you, this is almost like a foreign concept. I can almost sense it. I can see some uh, question marks in your head. That all these times, all I know is that we should serve God. We should serve God. Yes, there's that part. It says that the work that he has done, we will also do. The works that people will see, the very life that, we, that people see around uh, that we live, will be the works that we would display to the world so that they would believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Yes, that's the work that we do. But that's step two. But before you do that, allow Jesus to first serve you. And I think there's already been ministry that happened in the early, in the early part of the service. And I can almost sense that we can, just, we can just allow that to happen again. If you were being ministered to earlier, just receive that, the goodness of God. The Pastor Terry was saying, the goodness of God, God wants to show his goodness to us. The very verse that she said where when Moses, when God told Moses, I will let my goodness pass before you, I thought that was just a one-time event. No, it's an entire life for Moses. That Moses would always see the goodness of God in front of him. That's what God was telling Moses. I will show my goodness. My goodness would always be before you, Moses. Receive it, church. Receive it. Allow him to serve you. Allow him to serve you. David even spoke about it in Psalms 23 that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Jesus came to serve you. Serve you. Let him take that burden. God was never intended to be a burden. Let's just go ahead and close in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you're speaking to us. Thank you for what you're doing to our lives. And Father, we just receive in faith everything that you have given to us for our entire life. Even the very words today. We receive it, and we store it in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.